All right, welcome into another episode of the News for Jags podcast. As always, Jamal St. Cyr here with Justin Barney, and uh, we'd like to tell you that this was a, a, a calm week for the Jaguars since their Thursday night loss, but actually it's been anything but that. Um, if you haven't been paying attention, which I'm sure at this point you probably have, Urban Meyer has been the topic of conversation for a lot of people trending on Twitter because of some videos that were taken of him after he did not fly back to Jacksonville with the team. Uh, he was seen in a bar with a young woman. Um, not that, is not, that is not, not his, his wife, wife is the important part. Um, it, obviously, this, this situation is uh, complicated on more than one on more than one spot. Obviously, this is a personal issue, something that uh, Coach Meyer and his wife and family need to take care of. But uh, I think the more alarming part for me, Justin, is that after that loss, a a tough loss to Cincinnati. Their best performance of the season. Their best performance of the season. But after that, he doesn't fly back with the team, which is alarming. How can you preach this team first, this own it, and then after a tough loss, you decide to be selfish and stay in Ohio where he is from to visit your bar, see the grandkids and things like that, rather than spend that time with the team. Even if you said, okay, well, I'll fly back with you guys and then just fly right back to yeah, Ohio. Exactly. You know, uh, that I think that's the more alarming part of the decision. I know a lot of people are upset about the video, but uh, we've seen this kind of thing from coaches before. Uh, this He's not the first NFL coach to be caught up in some kind of controversy. I mean, it's happened in the collegiate level, in the NFL. I mean, I remember Rex Ryan having the, the foot videos that came out of his wife at one point, and then uh, Sean Payton, the coach of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he was involved in a controversy uh, where him and his wife ended up getting divorced, and he's now remarried. So Urban Meyer, far from the first coach to yeah. I think to, the, to do the morality like issue is something that right. it will inflame many people, but again, Urban's paid to win football games right. and be a good example. Uh, for his team, and um, you know, he mentioned when Chris Doyle was fired or Chris Doyle resigned uh, back in March that he was a Chris was a distraction. He didn't want to be a distraction, and I think those words come back to bite Urban because, in essence, that's what he has become for the team. And um, when you want to, the, the, the narrative this week should be: we've improved each of the four games. We had our best performance of the season. Didn't turn the ball over. We got. Derrick Henry and the Titans at home this weekend. A team that just lost to the Jets. And a a possible victory, a divisional game against your biggest rival. And instead, we're not even mentioning the Titans right now. We can't even talk about the game because of everything that's going on around the team. I mean, we haven't even really dove into the worst reports about this whole thing just yet. I mean, you start looking at the timeline with Urban Meyer and... Some things I don't necessarily blow up as as huge problems, like bringing in Tim Tebow. I'm not on the on the side that says, "Oh, this was a huge problem." No. The Chris Doyle thing, I think, was bad. Uh, this video, it's not a good look, but I don't think it's a huge problem. The not flying back with the team, I do think, is bad. Yeah, and but you, you've seen NFL players all on social media saying. They've never heard of a coach not flying back with your team after a game. It's unheard of. That's like a high school coach not riding the bus back after a loss. Like, nah, I'm going to drive my own car. What? No, you get back on that plane with the team. Everybody should be focused on figuring out what's next. How do we right the ship? And I understand that this was a Thursday night game, so everybody took a a day or two off to kind of 
recharge the batteries of sorts. So I guess that does put it in a little bit of a different situation, but not that much. Now, Urban is a guy that was already on thin ice with NFL circles, period. I mean, there are, there are some people that believe that he can win at the NFL level, and then many people believe that he was just a college recruiter who was able to go into big programs and win games there and that it wouldn't work. And he already had started to talk about how his recruiting pitches in free agency didn't resonate the way that they did when he when he was at the college level or the way he expected them to with NFL players. So now you have something else. You started off 0-4. You have this video come out of you and this other woman, and now you're talking to your locker room and your players about that rather than the Titans. Uh, now there are reports from some of these national guys that there are players in the locker room that don't believe in Urban and or even, you know, when he apologized to the team, as soon as he left the room, the players were laughing. If he loses this locker room, it's done. That's unbelievable to think about where we were in the offseason and training camp, players talking about they believed in Urban, the locker room was great, and now dissension in the locker room, you don't believe what Urban's selling you. Um, you're laughing at your head coach as he leaves the room. Uh, it's just a recipe for disaster. I, I don't, I don't know if Urban's lost the locker room. I think four losses again. It's a rebuilding team. We've talked about it time and again here. Um, this is not going to be an instant turnaround. But 0-4 with very little distractions on the side feels a lot different than 0-4 with your coach in a bar in Ohio um, with young co-ed on him. Um, you know, it just it feels so much different with these distractions that he's having to address, the bar videos, um, I mean, players in the locker room um, coming off the – it just is so – it's set up for a terrible finish if Urban doesn't regain the trust. And, you know, Shad Khan saying Urban's got to regain the, cut, the, the trust and confidence in four this franchise in. four games in. you got 17 <laughs> games total. You're not even a quarter way through the season, and you're already – having to put out these fires of you lost confidence in the team. That's just recipe for disaster. All the people who are saying Urban's one and done, I think this week has uh, has amplified those thoughts of uh, Urban's not going to be in the NFL for a long time. Yeah, and I, now I know people are taking these player reports of being upset and, and freaking out. Um, obviously, this is not the start to the Urban Meyer era that we expected. Um, but if I sat here and told you that I hadn't already heard rumblings of some upset players in that locker room, I'd be lying to you. I'm not sure who the national guys talked with, but I'd be willing to say that uh, I'd really be willing to go out on a limb that these guys weren't just getting upset with Urban and that this has been something that's been kind of brewing for a few weeks now. Some of the players have not taken to some of his messaging, especially once the losses started setting in, and some of the guys are upset about uh, the amount of playing time that they're getting or that some other players along the roster are getting. So some of those decisions, while they seem small to, to us as we watch the games or to fans as we say we want to see certain guys, those players have been watching them and it just been it's just been mounting and, and digging urban into a deeper and deeper hole with certain guys in that locker room now I do think the majority of the team still backs him um, but it doesn't take much once you get one or two guys that start to chirp all of a sudden and I think you've seen that with even going back to the Jalen Ramsey years Jan yeah. Yeah, Jan Ngakwe I mean so now the question is uh, can Urban Meyer regain the confidence of the locker room and that you know that's a tough one to answer because at 0 and 4 
I mean, if they fall to 0-5, that's 20 losses in a row for some of the guys on this team, and that's not what anyone was expecting. This is an entirely new stomping ground for Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's ever had five losses in his entire life, yes. let alone one season. So, uh, you know, Irvin is digging himself a hole, and I know a lot of people are, are getting to the point where they're ready to move on from Urban Meyer already. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet. I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't particularly like opening the door for a coach and a new regime, bringing them in, letting them lay some groundwork, and then when it doesn't work, immediately kicking them out the door. I, I really hate that. Now, I think it sets a bad precedent. Too. Right. If you're Shad Khan and you give Urban Meyer five games, yeah, I, it's not, that's not how you build. And no. I, think, um, I think that would spook a lot of potential coaching candidates to come in here and say, hey, you go, gave Urban Meyer – you know, the best college coach, one of the best college coaches of all time, five games well, to turn things around. I think that's a bad – I think that's bad. I think you continue to let Urban uh, finish out this season. Um, you give Urban the option – I mean, you know, from, from things we've heard now, Urban's not going to last beyond the season um, from, from national reports. To me, if you're Shad Khan, I think Trevor Lawrence is what you have to protect right now. Right. Uh, day one, 100%, it's what do we have to – you almost have to treat this like the NBA. What do you have to do to make sure that Trevor is happy here in Jacksonville? Now, if we do go down the road where Urban Meyer walks away, uh, obviously what will be best for Trevor Lawrence is to bring in an offensive-minded coach who is going to make life easy for Trevor. Now, there are a couple of guys that immediately come to mind, guys that I personally would have hired over Urban Meyer this offseason. I was a huge Joe Brady advocate, and I know I heard all the, well, he needs more time in the NFL. Forget that. So they said the same thing about McVay, and look how that worked out. It's better to get a guy a year too early than wait a year too late. Um, I'd be okay with Eric Bieniemy. I'd be okay with, um, what's the offensive coordinator? Byron Leftwich. Uh, I'd be okay with Leftwich, uh, the guy in Buffalo. Uh, the bowl. The Yeah. I'd be okay with him. Um, there are a number of guys that I'd be okay with. I, but I don't like the the revolving door. Uh, if Urban walks away because he just walks away on his own, I think that's best case scenario. Then Shad stepping in and having to fire him because I think that then you start getting into those bad years in Cleveland and the then Oakland Raiders where you were struggling to find people that wanted to come in. Yes, it's one of 32 jobs, so someone will take it. But guys were shying away because these coaches were coming in, get a year to and take on. And, and then you were getting kicked out when that year didn't work out correctly. Uh, so best case scenario, if this experiment is failing the way it seems to have started to look, uh, is that Urban walks away on his own accord, says, you know, I want to take the USC job or the NFL is not for me or I can't play Alabama every week, whatever it may be. That's best case scenario for the Jaguars. Uh, ultimately, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't think anybody has a, a firm grasp at this point. You know, in Urban's career, when things start to go sideways, the one thing that we know is nothing's off the table. I mean, yeah. he could... Finish out the whole season. He could walk away tomorrow. Nobody has a clue. Yeah, I mean, you look at Florida. He, he quit before a bowl game. They talked him back to coming back. He came back. It was a half-hearted effort when he came back. Uh, then he left. Uh, he goes to Ohio State, and he had issues there with um, the assistant coach and suspended three games. Uh, it's just there's not a lot of um, precedent for Urban having tough times and staying someplace. And this is totally new territory for him. Jacksonville, and um, he's been under the microscope, and he's struggled under the microscope. And I think it's uh, he's finding out um, he's he's delegating too much. 
uh, to his assistant coaches who've been there and done that before. He doesn't have a grasp of the NFL game yet. Um, and I think he's he's probably bitten off more than he can chew right now in his mind. And we've seen how he has acted in the past when things have gotten too tough. And that was one of the – I think one of the, the black marks on his resume was how is this guy going to handle things when the going gets tough. He's always had that success. And um, I don't know if, if the, the bar video thing is, uh, you know, a, a product of him not having that success. I don't know if he's done that before. Um, but just the signs aren't looking good for Urban to stay and build. And um, I don't know if he's a Bobby Petrino guy who's going to just leave the team in uh, the middle of the season. But uh, I think Urban will get to the end of the year. I think Shad will give him to the – I think Shad truly wants Urban to work out. I mean, that was – if you look at Shad during yeah. his press conference announcing Urban, it's probably the happiest he's looked publicly since he has been the owner of the Jaguars. So um, this falls a lot on Shad. This was his main guy that he wanted – um, so I'm sure there's a little bit of embarrassment on his part as well that this is your hand-picked guy and he's having these kinds of, um, you know, I, I don't think the struggles on the field are as bad as uh, the struggles off the field for Urban. So let's look at the big picture of this. If Urban walks away, this looks terrible on Urban Meyer. He can't coach again. I, I 100% say if he walks away from this Jaguars job, he can't even coach at the collegiate level because how can you recruit somebody's kid, walk into mom, dad's house, and say, hey, I want to help you, your son, win a national championship. And mom and dad ask you, well, you quit in every adverse situation you've ever been in. Why do I not think you'll just quit on my kid? That's I, a good, that's a, that's a fair assessment, but there's going to be a college that. Oh, somebody will offer him a job. comes and, and <laughs> takes a chance on him. I mean, he is a proven winner. Um, you know, if, if Lane Kiffin can continue getting high-profile jobs, Hugh Freeze, what he went through. I mean, some college, a high-profile college, whether it be USC or somewhere else, is going to hire Urban Meyer. And he'll have to have those uncomfortable conversations with parents, um, you know, if they're not too enamored at Urban Meyer sitting in the living room offering their kid a scholarship, to ask those tough questions and say, hey, you've, you've walked away, you've presided over some great teams, but also – how many guys did you have get arrested at Florida? The Aaron Hernandez stuff at Florida, mm-hmm. um, the Ohio State stuff. What did you know? I mean, there, there's so many, um, there's so much baggage with Urban. And I thought this at the time was a high risk, very high risk, high, high reward risk, yeah. kind of uh, kind of employment. And you know, Shad, to his credit, went out and got the biggest fish in the pond, and uh, that fish is um, he, is not doing too well. They played with fire, and it looks like there's the possibility of you getting burned. I mean, last week on this podcast, I sat here and I told you I thought Urban had the team on the right track and that he could get this thing turned around. I, th- I don't think that it's his football knowledge or his football acumen. I think he underestimated the NFL, and I think that some of his rhetoric – has not resonated with adults, grown men with families, the way it resonates with 18-year-olds. And that ultimately is going to start rubbing people the wrong way, which could could immediately turn around all the progress that you've seen on the field and make a 180, and this thing could just crash. Uh, If Urban walks away, this looks terrible on the Jaguars because, I mean, the Jaguars already have a bad reputation of of getting players and then or players coming to Jacksonville and then leaving and going on to do great things. And then now you take a a high profile coach who comes here and if he leaves without a single win under his belt, that looks terrible. I mean, this is one of the winningest coaches in college history, comes to Jacksonville, can't win a game and then leaves. And now you have to find someone else to come in and clean up his and Trent Bulky's mess. Ultimately, this is going to be uh, 
this is a defining situation for Shad. People keep calling him like this bad owner, and I don't think Shad's a bad owner. No, I, think I think Shad has awful decision-making yes. when it comes to hiring coaches and football people. I don't think Shad's a football guy, and it shows when he makes these decisions. And somehow, at some point, he's got to either get lucky and get the right guy or he has to get someone to come in, be in his ear. I don't know. Call Bill Parcells and let him help you make the next hire or something. Because he keeps bringing in the the wrong guy, and it keeps making the situation worse. And you're holding on to guys too long. We saw that with Cald- Caldwell Maroon, um, Urban. You kind of swung for the fences, yes. uh, being shot, and uh, it's really kind of blown up on him so far. So I think he's going to let this ride out. I think um, as we talked earlier, I think Urban will will leave on his own accord. I don't think. Shot unless something else damning comes out um, about Urban um, parts ways with him. I think a public rebuke was about all that you could um, have hoped for. I think firing him four games into his uh, his career would probably set a bad a bad precedent. Um, I would be worried about a, a mutiny in the locker room if I'm uh, Shad and hopefully Urban with uh, those conversations that he's having with players it can kind of kind of quell those waters there from being a little too choppy. Um, but I don't think Shad is, is a bad owner. I think, no. as you mentioned, I think he's uh, he's a guy who really wants to win. That's why he went out and, and paid whatever uh, he paid Urban to bring him in here, knowing that was going to be a robust hire and uh, would get those eyes of the world on Jacksonville. It just hasn't worked out in the short term. So I'm willing to give Urban a little bit of the benefit of the doubt right now. Let him get to the end of the season. Um, if he resigns, he resigns, and Shad can start anew and um, hopefully bring in a, a good football coach. Um, who's here for the long term, and I don't think Urban's here for the long term. It's starting to look less and less likely that he is here for the long term. Uh, Let's keep going. Let's go a little bit deeper down this road. If Shad does have to rebuild this front office again, I just need to—Trent Baalke's got to go, too. Bulky is not like a figurehead general manager. I mean, he definitely shouldn't be involved in hiring the next head coach. We saw how that worked out for San Francisco. Jim Tom Sula? No, 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 no. We can't do that. Uh, I think his first thing, if Urban does go, is he should get he should hire a. I mean, he attempted it with Tom Coughlin, but you should hire someone whose job is football operations, a president of football operations, someone knowledgeable, but someone that's not going to meddle. You need someone who can essentially do the hiring process for Shad, but that's not going to want to be like Tom Coughlin was and say, ah, oh, now these are the guys that you need to coach. You, we need, and it's tough to find those guys, but you, you want to find someone who can come in and be your figurehead because Shad isn't a, a football guy. And that, there's, that's not a, a shot at Shad. That's just the reality of the situation. You need to find this old head coach, whoever it may be. I mean, it could almost be someone like a Bill Cowher. This isn't like a, it doesn't have to be a full-time job. This is a guy who can come in, help put things in place, and then just mind the business. Because uh, you, you need a new GM. Bulky has had an offseason, and we've already seen what he did in San Francisco, and we've seen what he's been doing here in Jacksonville. Not exactly impressed. And your next head coach, do the simple thing. Hire Joe Brady. I mean, there's nobody in their right mind that has been watching football for at, at college and the NFL level for the past three years that is not impressed with this man's You've resume. been beating the Joe Brady drum since I, well before Urban. I'm going to keep beating the Joe Brady drum. I mean, it just makes too much. You look what he did with Joe Burrow. I, I watched Joe Burrow at LSU before Joe Brady was called in the place, and then I watched him after. Joe Brady was a miracle worker there. And look, look, look what he did last year. He had, what, uh, 
Teddy Bridgewater, and then when Teddy got hurt, they had a guy that was playing in the XFL at quarterback, and that the Panthers' offense was still respectable. And then now he's got Sam Darnold playing well. Like, hire this dude. I mean, everybody wanted to get anybody that had shaken hands with McVay over the years. Like, I mean, guys literally were his quarterback coach, Zach Taylor. I mean, if you were near McVay, you got a head coaching job. I'm telling you, Brady has a shot to do it. Does he necessarily have all of the NFL experience that people want? No. But can he call plays? Yes, he can. Are you Joe Brady's agent? Are you Joe Brady's agent? Look, I want to cut if he gets hired. That'd be nice. (laughs) But I'm just saying, it just makes sense. If you're going to bring in a a franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence is the future of this team. No one's going to question that. Bring in a guy who's going to put him in the best situation to succeed. That's what makes sense. You bring in a coach that's going to help your franchise succeed. And then you figure out the defense thing later. I just I don't see Urban here long term. And um, I just think Shad has to, take, again, take the pulse of this franchise and what's going to make Trevor happy? What is going to make Trevor grow in this offense? What's going to make Trevor play beyond his – Four years here, right. you know. You know you're going to pick up his fifth year option. So what's going to make Trevor Lawrence happiest? What's going to make him succeed? And you know, I think you start looking at the situation of okay, Urban. I don't think is in this for the long haul. Trevor is going to be in this for the long haul. What coach works the best with Trevor? Give him some input on that hire, mm-hmm. and uh, you hit your wagon to Trevor. And I, I just don't see Urban Meyer being the long term answer here. And it's disappointing. After such an exciting offseason. And, you know, I almost think Urban was, was more excited with the process, the, the outlook of having all these draft picks, having Trevor Lawrence, than he is actually with the, pro, the, the day-to-day NFL grind, the coaching in the NFL games. I think he was more enamored almost with the offseason roster building and stuff the lure of having a Trevor Lawrence and actually coaching in the NFL. And see, that's where the difference between college and the NFL comes in. In college, that's largely your job, recruiting, building this thing. I mean, it's almost like a world builder. Okay, do I have my quarterback? I have my quarterback. Do I have some defensive players that can run around? Do I have a wide receiver? Do I have a running back? Do I have five-star recruits at backups at all these positions? In college, you show up with those, and you expect to win. All you got to do is make sure that they're motivated to hit the field. All right, guys, let's go do this. Boom. And I and think that's where I think that's the the disconnect between Urban. He had the, the recruiting aspect of yes. football down to a science. Mm-hmm. And at Ohio State at Florida, he was getting those four and five star guys, and you have those guys on the field, and naturally you're going to be the the odds are significantly skewed in your favor to have success right how how much did urban coach in college and how much did those players play a part in um those guys he he handpicked played a part in that success well now we're seeing urban having to coach a little bit more probably than he's ever had to do yes and uh you know i think the roster mechanics putting things together putting the players picking the players um, was probably a little, almost a little bit, to me, a little bit more rewarding for Urban in this job. And then the real game started, and uh, we're seeing a little bit of that disconnect. The NFL is a different monster when it comes to game planning, strategy, and needing to show up from college football. Um, and that's not a shot at college coaches. Again, I'm, we're not talking down on anybody here. I mean, I think there are a lot of great coaches that have come from the collegiate level. There are a lot of good game planners that come from the collegiate level. But the NFL week in and week out, in the words of Urban Meyer, you're playing Alabama every week. Uh, you're not just going to out-talent teams typically. You have to out-game plan them. So when you get a guy like Tre- or you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you have to figure out 
how to put the pieces to make him successful in place. Urban Meyer should have been, instead of being at a bar, he should have been watching film and figuring out, all right, how can we beat the the Titans? Where's the, the gray area in the rule book? I mean, think about guys like Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel. They've always found those gray areas in the rule book and exploited them. They, they've done a good job at that. And Mike Brave will obviously to a lesser extent, but he also has done some of those things. And you have to find some of those gray areas in a way to exploit that, find little things that you can do that your team does well and that the other team struggles with. How can we get this first win? NFL coaches lock in and watch film for hours on end. And that's why a lot of them have had issues, you know, during the season saying they don't see their families because they're constantly watching film, figuring out how to move forward and how to better their team because you know you can't just show up and out-talent people very often. And right now it doesn't look like Urban has an understanding of that just yet. Um, And that's not to say I know how often that he's sitting there watching film and things, but there's a different level of strategy that comes into play here that he's going to have to step it up if he wants to have any sort of future in the NFL. Uh, it doesn't look like he will, but there's still there's still a, the off chance. Now, the big question that I've been asking is, if this team is, isn't 0-4, is this as big a deal? If the team beats the Titans on Sunday, does all of this go away? I put a poll up on Twitter, and I'm just saying right now while we're recording this, like 80% of people are saying that their biggest problem is with 0-4 and not with the videos. And a lot of people are saying if they win on Sunday, a lot of this just disappears. I think so. I think that's a large – I mean, Shad hired Urban to win football games and turn the direction of the franchise down, uh, turn it around. And right now, Jacksonville is 0-4. You're staring 20 straight losses in the face. So you're 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 hired to win games. You're not doing that, and then all this other stuff. Again, if Jacksonville was two and two right now, if they had come off that Cincinnati game with the win, do I think this is nearly as big of a deal? Absolutely not. This is uh, this becomes a guy's out cutting loose, having fun, celebrating his first win. Yes, he still has to answer questions about, um, I, you know, were you in a bad spot? I embarrass the franchise. I can't do that, but I think the mood is entirely different as opposed to what we're seeing now of you left, you didn't ride back home with your team, and oh, by the way, you're out uh, slobberknockered at a bar with a young co-ed dancing in your lap while your wife's at home babysitting. It's just so many things in cohesion with each other. It's kind of a perfect storm. They're all stacking up, and again, I think winning changes that. Winning changes everything in the NFL. Look at Robert Kraft. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Patriots owner um, was popped in a uh, prostitution sting at the uh, the, a- the Orchids of Asia uh, a couple years ago. And, again, how many Super Bowls has Kraft won? That's of course, right. he owns the team. He got uh, a little bit in trouble. It was more embarrassment than anything. Um, but, again, you win games, things change. And right now, Jacksonville's losing games with the best of them. You're staring a historic losing fa- uh, streak in the face. And your, your high-profile coach, Urban Meyer, he's got a target on him wherever he, he's been. Mm-hmm. Um is showing up in videos with co-eds uh, at bars, not not a good look. You know, and I think part of this is that, that Urban Meyer has had that target on him, and he's very high profile. And part of this is that Jaguars fans have always complained that the Jaguars don't get as much national attention as they, as they want historically. They don't get mentioned a lot during NFL circles. You can't watch ESPN and get a lot of Jaguars news typically. So you bring in Urban Meyer who is the talk of the town. He has a target on his back. He's not liked in circles around the country for different dealings he's had at different schools. 
and because he's a winner, and typically people don't like coaches that win. But you bring this guy here, and then now you're getting all of this attention. All of it's not always going to be positive, which a lot of it since he's been here has not been. Some of it has been rumors that are unsubstantiated. Some of it has been stuff like this video where, you, you know, you're caught red-handed of sorts. But this is almost, you know, um, this is what you were looking for. And this is your first taste of this national speculation, national attention. And now everybody's like, whoa, wait a minute. We didn't know this was coming with the party. Yeah, th this is part of the party. I mean, if you bring in a guy like Urban Meyer, you bring in a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you have eyes watching. So now when that 0-4, that 0-4 looks worse because now people are talking about the fact that the Jaguars are 0-4. That 0-4 looks worse when you've got Urban Meyer trending on Twitter for a video hanging out in a bar. Uh, so it, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bad things that come with all of that national attention that fans have been seeking over the years. Um, but as long as Trevor's here, you probably will keep it. The good news for Urban Meyer, the good news is probably his most winnable game, arguably, is coming up on Sunday. I mean, if, if the Titans lost to the Jets, I'm just saying there's a chance. There is, and that's, you know, it's at home. You're coming off your best performance of the season. You didn't turn the ball over. Trevor showed uh, positive growth. James Robinson ran strong. Um, there's so many positives from last Thursday, and you're almost not even remembering that those happened because of these videos. So take the focus off the videos. I think that's what Urban and, and Shot and Jacksonville wants to do as a whole and focus on this divisional game, which we've really not even talked about no. this week. And it is a winnable game. Um, if you can shut Derrick Henry down, the Jets, for God's sakes, beat him last week. And the Jets pick right behind Jacksonville in the draft, and I'll probably have a worse team than Jacksonville. So it's definitely a winnable game. The Titans are always a big game when they play Jacksonville in town. So if they can shift some of this focus, this negative focus, which tends to blow over. We've seen it time and again. Um, these stories come and go. The attention is in the, the light shines bright when it's you know, right breaking right now. Shod stuff, uh, his comments. So if that can dissipate enough and Jacksonville can get a win this week, I think this is a granule uh, come next week. Let me, let me put it to you this way. Uh, and I tend to look on the silver lining, look on the bright side a lot, trying to try and be a little bit more positive. If A.J. Brown and Julio Jones don't play on Sunday like they didn't play against the Jets and Derrick Henry goes out there and runs for 200 yards for that team up north, you can go – Urban should just pack his bag at that point. If you let Derrick Henry roll in here without their two wide receivers and run crazy – at his in his hometown, like you don't know who that guy is. I, I he should just pack his bags up and just go on ahead and get up out of here. Yeah. At that point, you're done. Uh, if you if you roll in there, and I don't care if you blame Joe Cullen or you blame the defense or whatever. And I, I like Derrick Henry from Uli. Uh, obviously, you'd like to see him doing well, but. If De if AJ Brown and Julio Jones don't go on Sunday and Derrick Henry runs crazy, it's done. It's over with. The train is off the tracks. You stop it. The air is over. Let's let's just get the second first overall pick and we'll try it again. <laughs> I mean, that's I, you know, I mean, Derrick Henry's going to run the ball. It's a You're, simple game plan. If Stack the box if, and make Tannen Hill beat you. If he can do it, all right, you know what? We try. Yeah. But you don't let that guy beat you. you don't do it. <laughs> Tannen Hill can throw the ball. Ten times that game. I mean, and, he might be throwing the ball to me if Julio yeah. Jones and A.J. Brown aren't playing. I'm just saying. It, exactly. Uh, let Ryan Tannehill throw the ball 40 times. If he goes yep. out there and he plays like Peyton Manning and your secondary gets gashed, fine. 
but the simplest game plan in the world. Don't you let that big guy in that backfield that knows all about Jacksonville run crazy up yeah, in here. Stop him, <laughs> and you put however many guys in the box and um, let Ryan Tannehill beat you. You know, in a perfect scenario with his receivers out, he's not going to be throwing the ball that many times anyway, but you force him to throw the force ball it. as many times as possible. You got to. You're going to let him beat you and not Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's done it time and again. Um, make him carry the ball 40 times, and you shut him down. Um, you've got to, You cannot let Derrick Henry beat you. No. If, if he goes in here and if he rolls into Jacksonville and runs crazy like he's owned the place, like he historically has done, then you know what? It's, just, it's off the rails. At this point, you know what? Just COVID outbreak in the locker room. Close it up. <laughs> Close it up. We'll start scouting the 2021 draft and figure it out from there. Um, you know, it, it's it's crazy that it's gotten to this point this quickly, but I really do feel like Sunday's game is almost a must win. And regardless of a must win, I feel like it's it's a it's a how you win kind of game too. Because if Derrick Henry does run crazy, like I said, if those two receivers don't play for the second week in a row, and Derrick is allowed to do that, uh, that just shows that game planning and coaching is an issue in that locker room. Um, obviously, Urban put together a interesting staff of choice um mostly pulled from a couple of different coaching trees there no one with the nfl head coach experience in the in the grouping and we've had some questions on decisions they've made through game plans and player involvement already this year and again we're only four games in so things will get more and more interesting as we progress apparently because there's never a dull moment covering this Jaguars team it feels like this (laughs) season has just gone off the rails a month in and it's so you look at the offseason and how things the excitement in town most exciting uh, build up to a season that I can remember except that 95 season, the, the franchise's first year, and to have things sitting where they are now, you know, facing almost what you, you dub a must-win game in week five of the NFL season, uh, how, how badly has this organization managed this transitional time with Urban and Trevor? And it is just, it's typical Jacksonville Jaguars luck. What what is Trevor thinking through all this? I mean, he gets to the NFL, and I just can't imagine what this guy is thinking right now. He and especially in this like age of player empowerment, you see guys in the NBA really being able to take control of where they play. And I know Trevor still has to really establish himself at the NFL level before he has any sort of power to do something like that. But you got to think. I mean, this guy's looking at some of this stuff like, what what is going on? I mean. He, you walk into here, and Urban Meyer's doing some of this stuff, and and next thing you know, you're 0-4, and everybody's confused at what's going on. You don't know if your coach is going to stick around. Uh, you you got to start asking these questions. Like, what is this guy thinking? And, like, Trevor seems like he's a very dedicated and great guy, and I don't think he's going to be one that's going to try and force his way out. But you think the people around him, when they start those whispers of, What's going on in Jacksonville? And he starts having to answer those questions for his head coach to his family, to his friends, you know, and even talking to, I'm sure some of his former teammates from Clemson are asking questions like, what's going on, dude? It's not like that. Like Isaiah Simmons, he talked to him after the Cardinals game. He probably, it's not like that over here in Arizona. <laughs> what's going on down there, man? You know, like when you start having to answer those questions, that'll start weighing on him. And these are things that we want to avoid because if the Jaguars are going to get this thing on the right track, I mean, you've got the guy at quarterback. We've seen enough to say that he is the guy. So you, 
how do you silence those whispers? And can Urban Meyer silence those whispers? Can Shad Khan silence those whispers? The biggest thing is Shad has to make Trevor understand that he is a part of this and, and make him feel like he is the foundation for the building and has a say in everything that's going on, similar to what they've started to do more in the NBA. And you you know, you know, mentioned the NBA, and that, I think that kind of hits the new wave of athletes, professional athletes, kind of square on the head. I mean, you don't want this becoming a Deshaun Watson situation. No. And, I, and I don't think Trevor has the same makeup as Deshaun Watson where he – I mean, take Deshaun's legal issues out of the, the, the play – where Deshaun came in and said, hey, I want to be traded. Right, at, you know, several months after he signed a lucrative contract extension. You don't want this to become a Jalen Ramsey situation. Again, not saying Trevor's Jalen Ramsey, but there are agents, there are people that have these players' ears and say, hey, you're going nowhere at this franchise. Uh, let's look for other options. You've seen it in the NBA. Ben Simmons, I'm never playing for this franchise again. Um, you Players have the ultimate say-so and the ultimate power. We're seeing these uh, change the power broking broker structure in these professional sports leagues. So you're Shad Khan. What I'm doing is is talking to Trevor at some point, talking to the captains of the team, getting a pulse, a readout of, of what's going on. Is it this infectious? Is this really this much of a problem? Can we win uh, with Urban Meyer? And, again, Shad's a businessman. I think you talk to your uh, your top lieutenants on the team and, and say, hey, where do we sit right now? Um, I don't think Urban is going to be long for the NFL, but – you have to hope that the damage that is inflicted doesn't stay with these players like it did, um, you know, with the the Jalen Ramsey thing. I mean, those the people who, um, you know, caused the Jalen Ramsey situation were still with the franchise, you know, and they're not with the franchise. What would have been a, a better scenario to uh, to to hang on to Jalen, um, to hang on to some of those playmakers that didn't want to uh, be here because of fractured leadership, or you know, keep the guys that ultimately aren't here anymore. Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone. Um, you kind of you sided with them as Shad Khan, and now you're a worse franchise because of it. So I think Shad, take the pulse of the franchise, see how things are with Trevor, repair any kind of uh, discord among the, uh, among the leaders in your locker room, and, uh, you know, just hope Urban Meyer develops along the way. You know, that's a generational discussion almost. I mean, I think uh, when I was growing up and – uh, up until recently, you always sided with the head coach because they were the most valuable. Uh, you needed the coach. And now it's almost a change in the guard where the coaches need the players and there's an understanding of it's not always X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. And, yes, the Jaguars would have been in a better standing if they keep Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe here in that locker room, Calais Campbell. No question, if Trevor Lawrence walks into that team, man, you yep. want to talk about fun? Uh, but but obviously that didn't happen. You sided with uh, Doug Marone and and Tom Coughlin and those and Dave Caldwell, who you ended up firing anyway. And so that didn't work out exactly how you hoped it would. But uh, Trevor is the guy you have to hang on to. He's the only You've one. If Shad's going to talk to anybody, he's the only one that that he needs to talk to. If Trevor sends the text message of Shad, quote, "I'm done," like or get this guy out of here, whatever. If uh, that's all he got to say, like Shad, yo. We need somebody new. Yeah, Shad it, needs to help Urban lift those boxes. That's it. At all. that point, send, send the moving trucks. Let's do it. Like, it's over with at that point. When Trevor is out, then then we're done. As long as Trevor's bought in, then we, we'll follow it in, as long as it goes. That, that's how I feel about the situation. Um, I still don't want to see Shad ultimately have to fire Urban. I think that's just like we kind of talked about. sets a really bad precedent. But I guess we'll see how this thing goes. We'll 
see how Sunday's matchup with the Titans goes. We didn't talk a whole lot about the game because this week with the Jaguars, it's a lot more than just a football game and game planning for a game. It's more damage control. And, I mean, we can get into how deep this damage control thing goes into the Jaguars organization. But ultimately, if they win on Sunday, maybe maybe that quiets this or at least puts just the pause button for a little bit. I think bit. so. I think winning um, above all else in the NFL cures a lot of things. And, um, you know, you go back to even Urban Meyer in college and how fractured some of those teams were with, um, with crime, with players arrested, with grade issues, um, and winning cures a lot of things people look the other way when teams are winning and I think that goes at the the college and the NFL level so a win over the Titans makes this team one and four you you show progress in back-to-back games the the close loss in Cincinnati 24-21 and uh, a victory over the Titans hopefully changes that narrative a little bit and gets Urban off of that scorching hot seat Um, but I think um, I think this is a uh, you know, 0-5, much different than 1-4. I think that 1-4 could signify a, a fresh new start for Jacksonville and also uh, do it with a win over the Titans. So I think this is a serious make-or-break game for Urban Meyer and the Jags. All right, we've been wrapping up every episode with a, a score prediction. Prediction. We're not going to do that this week. I, I, I got a better question for you to wrap up the show. How about this? When Urban Meyer takes the field for a home game after the controversy in the 0-4 start, do Jaguars fans boo him? Yes or no? Yes, I think so. You think, you think he's I think booed? That he's I do too. Heavily booed yeah. this week, just for the. Again, Jacksonville has been the butt of so many jokes. They've been a punchline for years. You bring a guy in to be the savior, who probably already had a little bit of a, a, a sketchy snake oil salesman feel to him. Yeah. Um, and I think Urban, I, I honestly think he. Um, I think it's probably a 60-40 split on people who like Urban and don't like him. I think he's really um, viewed as a kind of a distrustworthy car salesman kind of guy to a lot of people around here just for how he left Florida uh, when he did. So I think there's a already a kind of a dislike vibe of Urban. Um, people tolerated it because um, he had that promise and that potential. Um, but he's losing games. He's bringing shame to the organization. Um, and I think fans are going to respond to that on Sunday. All right. Well, we'll see just how loud the boos are, and maybe the boos help lead the team to a win. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of News for Jack's podcast. We'll be back again next week.